0: You're listening to Public Safety First, a podcast to help you learn about the First Responder Network Authority and how you can be part of the future of public safety technology.
1: Good morning. We're here at the National Emergency Management Association Annual Conference in Savannah, Georgia. And I'm visiting today with Wes Deason from the Arizona Department of Emergency Management and Military Affairs. Welcome, Wes. And uh, thank you for, for doing this with us this morning. Good morning. Uh, Wes, can you give us your title and what you do at uh, DEMA? Uh,
0: well, my current official assignment is uh, director of communications uh, and assistant director for operations um, in the uh, in the EOC during activations. I'm the operations chief and situation unit leader.
1: Great. So this conference is one that I know you prioritize every year. What do you get out of the uh, NEMA conference, and why do you?
0: Well, I think there's, there's two big benefits. Um, first of all, the collaboration. Uh, you know, you get to meet and talk to people. Um, emergency management is now a nationwide effort. It's not a state by state. There's so much sharing and supporting of staff and resources across the nation. Um, so seeing people that you've talked to on the phone or had email exchanges with, things like that, building those relationships. Um, and then really getting kind of a national perspective on what everybody is challenged with. I think sometimes we think our challenges are unique you know, our, our grant problems are unique to us or our, our technology capabilities, and what you find out is it's really everybody's having the same struggles.
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned um, technology, so I know that you um, are over that for Arizona at the state level. What, what are some of the trends that you see relative to technology and um, both what you're doing and what you see in the future?
0: Well, I think uh, the biggest thing that we have um, in Arizona is um, a pretty common term, situational awareness. How do we gain that and how do we gain it quickly? Um, In in this age of technology, everything is available so quickly and the public wants it, Um, our political leaders want it, our decision makers want it. So how do we acquire that situational awareness as quickly and as accurately as we can? is um, a big push. So um, the availability of streaming video or um, chat capabilities or tools like WebEOC, things like that, and how to maximize those tools with each other is really a big push for us.
1: Well, I can see why. Now, from FirstNet's standpoint, we're about mobile communications and mobile broadband. How do you see mobile broadband fitting into this new world of emergency management?
0: Well, uh, I I don't know that it fits in. I think it more dictates because really today is not about being tied to a desk or a computer anymore. It's about mobile. Um, One of the tasks that we have is informing our governor, Governor Ducey. Uh, He's a very active person. He's out and about all the time. Uh, He carries a tablet with him. Um, So being able to provide him Again, that live time or as close to live time as possible, in many cases live time, uh, situational awareness information is, um, it's required anymore.
1: Absolutely, well you mentioned something that I, I bring up quite often at FirstNet, which is EOCs are not just in buildings and bunkers anymore. They're, they're out there mobile. So some, what are some of the technologies that you are using in Arizona today uh, relative to, to mobile?
0: Um, Probably uh, we have two uh, principal situational awareness tools that we're using. Um, WebEOC, which is pretty common to uh, a lot of emergency management agencies across the country now. Um, We are heavily invested in WebEOC. Uh, We currently have an enterprise application for that that um, includes all of our counties, all of our tribes, um, and it's quite successful. We're undergoing a rewrite right now and a rebuild, um, a refresh of the program, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's our primary crisis emergency management information sharing tool although we use it every single day 24 hours a day seven days a week so um, that's our primary tool and then because that's simply a narrative device we have um, in the last year and a half uh, heavily invested in ArcGIS and that provides the visual connect to the narrative Um, in, in this in this age um, the governor doesn't like to read a bunch of narrative he likes to look at a map or look at a illustration or look at something else that gives him kind of an instant snapshot of maybe that press interview that's coming something like that so we're heavily invested in ArcGIS Um, we like again many uh, agencies across the state are using a dashboard developed through ArcGIS that provides we'll speak about the governor in specific, provides him a statewide view of everything that's going on within the state enterprise, whether it's flooding. Um, it's, it's modeled after the ESF structure. Uh-huh. Um, and so he can look at any one point in time and see what's going on with fires or flooding or traffic or um, uh, a hazmat situation somewhere. And so those are the two primary tools that we're using. So we have a narrative and we have a visualization tool.
1: Well, picture's worth a thousand words or a million, for sure. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Some of the things that you and I have talked about over the years, um, predictive analytics, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, where where do you see us going with those things in the emergency management discipline?
0: Well, um, you know, I will confess to not knowing a a lot about that yet. I still think it's very emerging. Um, We are actually currently engaged in some effort to explore that in Arizona. I think the key behind it, though, is whatever, whatever that looks like, whatever the technology is, um, the demand from the public I- and from political leaders is no longer a reactionary posture mm-hmm. but more of a predictive posture, trying to get some idea of what this thing, a special event, um, a fire, a flood, what it's going to look like, where it's going to go. There's historical information, mm-hmm. um, floods. Pretty much usually go in the same place right so if you have prior flood history how can you access that maybe visualize it and make decisions ahead of time so that you can block the roadways or close the underpasses or whatever it might be um, in order to avoid a problem rather than to respond to it well,
1: that's excellent and, you know in my past experience, it seems like we were really excited to get a data stream and and do something with it. But now it seems like the challenge is to get multiple data streams and somehow put them together and make decisions with them. Um, How do you see that kind of playing out in the future to to bring these data sets together?
0: Well, I think that's actually a key challenge because there are so many data streams available now. Uh, Pretty much every day I learn of something new in Arizona, that I didn't even know we had Um, our Department of Public Safety is installing haboob sensors dust storm sensors Mm -hmm. Um, that's all lifetime information I think what we're challenged with now is how to garner all that information through all those different streams and very quickly if not instantly put that into some format that's usable where a decision-maker can go I've got this, 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 this. I need to do that. And that needs to happen that quick or quicker. Um, and there are a variety of different systems coming online to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's going to be the challenge, is now we're almost in a situation where we've got information overload. And we have to figure out how to manage that information so that it doesn't manage us.
1: Absolutely. Well, and you have another major challenge. And there's many states that are faced with it, which is uh, a a very challenging geography uh in that a lot of your your state is well almost all i would say is is desert except for some mountains right Mm -hmm. so how do you see technology helping you to manage that geography
0: uh well like you said we've got uh we've got very arid deserts and we've got um very high range mountains so the data streams coming out of those are very different Um, we're fortunate in that we typically don't have a statewide event that covers both of those uh, regions Mm -hmm. although recently the last couple of days we've been dealing with Hurricane Rosa the effects of Hurricane Rosa which was a statewide event Mm -hmm. Um, but capturing that data visualizing it is a really big key Um, again we can look at uh, I can look at some of the maps I have available through our dashboard right now statewide perspective and get pretty much an instant view of what's happening irregardless of the terrain, right? Um, Do we have flooding in the mountains? Do we have flooding in the desert? It's really the same question, but how much and where? And current data streams are able to do that for us. Um, We have stream sensors online. We have cameras online. Um, The addition of the ability to shoot live video is going to be huge. Um, The emergence of FirstNet and some of the capabilities in the Band 14 to be able to shoot live video, I think, is going to be Um, a big game changer for emergency management Um, it will provide us a perspective we don't currently have in that and I I think I have said this to you before we sit in a room you know we're we're not out in the field typically we have some liaisons out in the field but really we sit in we sit in a room Um, the first responders out there that are carrying phones that are carrying whatever devices can provide a tremendous amount of live real-time information that allows us to make those predictive decisions ahead of time.
1: Mm-hmm. If you could tap into it. Absolutely. So um, I know that we met at uh, Grand Canyon West. Yes, ma'am. And we uh, were at an exercise that was actually put on by your Arizona FirstNet team. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot there, FirstNet did, but. Where do you see exercises taking us in terms of communications? Where do, where where can we use exercises to to help kind of flesh out that vision?
0: Well, I, you know, I think it's it's pretty it's a cliche statement, but what we always hear is what's the first thing to fail, and it's communications. It's communications, communications. Um, I, the the exercise world in emergency management has evolved um, through H sheep and some of the other efforts. Um, the need to exercise communications. Um, we're trying to emphasize that on a much, much, much more regular basis. Uh, we do communication drills statewide every Wednesday. Um, and those are largely LMR networks that we're exercising there, but with the advancement, we're now doing web UOC communications on the same Wednesday um, and testing and some training. Um, just the ability to keep people current On the tools that are there because the tools are changing so much every day Um, you can't exercise once a year anymore or twice a year anymore because there's so many changes from what you did a month ago um, that we're really trying to emphasize doing exercises on a much much more frequent basis and drills uh, exercise might not be a completely accurate uh, term Um, drills we use drills quite a bit more often
1: well that's exciting, I, I'm, I'm uh, excited for FirstNet to work more closely with you in the future and I uh, believe that uh, our partnership can can do a lot toward moving mobile communications and, and data sharing and emergency management. The United States obviously had a, uh, a loss and, and certainly was more personal to Arizona in the death of Senator John McCain. That brings a, a very important big event uh, to your um, to your area, how did you fit into that response and um, what kind of uh, communications did it require?
0: So um, that's a really good question. So uh, emergency management is not really as much emergency management as it used to be in that it was fires, floods, those types of things. Now emergency management is also special events, Super Bowls, Final Fours, in this case, a a very high profile National View uh, funeral. We, um, In emergency management, our, our task was to stand up and support in the event of something that might have occurred at, at the ceremonies. Um, during that, we used Web EOC. We stood up an event in Web EOC. Uh, We also stood up our satellite trailer capabilities for redundant capabilities. One of our concerns was um, the primary ceremony held down at the uh, Capitol building. We were concerned about um, tower overload, the inability to communicate, things like that, so we deployed, forward deployed our satellite capabilities uh, for both um, um, voice and data capabilities. Um, and then we, uh, we had our dashboard was fully set up to support, it had visualizations of everything that was taking place, the venues, the locations, the routes, uh, roadblocks, things like that. Um, so we we're getting much better at using multiple um, tools, To do that, Uh, FirstNet uh, phones were also distributed um, amongst several key players to uh, key individuals that were involved in the process of moving the ceremonies forward.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm glad we were apart. And, um, you know, I I think at at its heart, emergency management is about saving lives and property, just like all public safety uh, primary disciplines are. But tell me, and in summary, what do you see as the, the role of, um, of, of broadband, of data communications, of uh, data feeds, and, and, and just especially mobile, in actually saving lives and actually changing the outcome of incidents and impacting uh, the saving of lives and property?
0: Well, I think what you said is key, uh, changing the outcomes. So if we can, if we can figure out a way to harness this information, to to acquire it, eyes on uh, really good, um, accurate data feeds. If we can figure out a way to to create those, to bring them in, to manage them, um, the consequence management piece of an event I think is impacted tremendously in that we can manage or eliminate potential consequences way up front. Um, So life saving, let's talk about that. Um, we know where all of our uh, river crossings are. We know where every year we have people cross those river crossings, get washed away and die. Their tragedies happen every year. It's happened forever. Um, I think we're in a position now where we're able to start looking at video from a first net phone, a uh, water sensor that's in the river, um, a camera on the roadway, whatever the, whatever the data stream is, that will allow us to go, you know, there's a storm coming. Let's close that. Let's close that road crossing now, right. while it's dry, rather than responding to the car floating down the river an hour from now. Um, because we we have to get in front of events whenever we possibly can. Um, dealing with the loss of a life at a river crossing is, of course, way tragic. We don't want to do that if we can avoid that ahead of time. So, uh, I think what you said is dealing with the consequences that we can eliminate ahead of time with solid, quick, accurate information is, it's required. It's what we, as a profession, it's what we want to accomplish.
1: Great. Wes, I really appreciate you visiting with us today. We appreciate your partnership. And, thank you. And uh, we look forward to you guys helping mm-hmm. us uh, find out what looks right looks like for FirstNet as we uh, support the discipline of emergency management in the United States and certainly in Arizona. So thank you so much for your time.
0: It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you join our podcast community. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can learn more about the First Responder Network Authority at FirstNet.gov and learn about FirstNet products and services at FirstNet.com.